Welcome to the Self-Love Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Rosenberg. I am the author of The Human Magnet Syndrome, The Codependent Narcissist Trap, and the creator of the Codependency Cure and Hitch Trauma Resolution Treatment Programs. If you identify with codependency, which I renamed the Self-Love Deficit Disorder, or you're caught in the crosshairs of narcissistic abuse or gaslighting, you've come to the right place. Expect the very best information that I know, whether from my own personal journey of recovery or through my 35 years of professional experience. What separates my work from others is my understanding of the origin of the problem, the solutions, and the necessity to take responsibility for one's broken picker that always points them to the dream of the soulmate, but the nightmare of the cellmate. So join my self-love recovery community and set your sights on the cure, self-love abundance. Today, I'm going to share with you an inside view of what I do in my treatment sessions, or some people consider psychotherapy sessions, with my SLD clients. When I have clients who have successfully gone through all of the stages and gone through the stage that prepares them for the narcissistic storm, the stage that gets them to setting boundaries in a hostile environment, they often are scared, nervous, anxious, excited, and ambivalent about losing so many people just for the one reason that they are setting boundaries and saying that if you want to be in my life, you have to love, respect, and care for me. And if so, I would love to either keep you in my life or move forward. Now, I'm simplifying it. And when they find out that over, and this is what I call my Surgeon General Warning, over 75 to 80% of all the people they thought they loved or the people that they thought loved them go away. And when there's this mass exodus and my clients are aware of it, remember, we don't go to any point in the psychotherapy or treatment process until the client is ready, prepared, and has all the knowledge, experience, tools, and mental health to succeed. So at the point when they are surveying the post-earthquake, I call that right after setting boundaries and having this mass exodus of people, and they survived because they were not surprised, they were not manipulated, and they were not convinced that there's more to be gained by staying who they were than finding any way possible to become self-love abundant, the goal of the treatment, and escape the web that the narcissists uh, keep them at. So when they're at this point when their life has shrunk, and they only have maybe 25, 30% of the people in their life, it often includes their family. Now, it is not a requisite for my SLRP program, self-love recovery treatment program, to cut off your family. It's absolutely not. But if your family absolutely refuses to stop hurting you, emotionally, physically, financially, uh, gaslighting through your kids, grandkids, whomever, and they kind of go to war. Or if they have narcissistic injuries, the narcissist or the ones who are codependent, who are obviously married to or connected to a narcissist, then you find out you can't be with these people 
who refuse to stop hurting you, then you have no choice. And it's very sad, and there's a lot of grieving to be had because of it. You will end up losing or temporarily putting on ice your family relationships. And in my case, personal story coming up, <laughs> but in my case, my family rejected my proclamation. I can be in your life, but you have to agree to love, respect, and care for me. And if so, I'd be so happy. And instead of saying, okay, we'll meet you halfway, they didn't even answer the boundary, answer the proclamation. They flatly ignored it, which was the very loud, resonant answer that they're not interested in a relationship with me. And because I no longer was an SLD, because I remember my whole program was based upon my own experiences through this. Because at this point, I had achieved what I call self-love abundance. I was finally strong enough to get off the roller coaster, get out of the hamster wheel, or stop what I call the codependency delusion. I finally came to peace with not having a relationship with my family. And as I told my son or friends or anyone who I wanted to share this with, I would tell them I did not choose to end a relationship with my family. That's the story they say. I chose specifically with clarity and emotional strength and equanimity. I chose to no longer be in a relationship where just by being myself, people don't like me. I chose to no longer be in a relationship when people cannot give me a modicum of love, respect, and care. Can't give me even the, even the smallest amount. So I made that decision. Of course, I was with the therapist. And I, I basically cut off all the relationships with my family because any type of connection would have been either them trying to draw me in, inducing me to go back to my old ways, or me relapsing and wanting to be in a relationship in which I could never be loved, respected, or cared for. So I came to peace with it. And it wasn't easy, and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. When And three years after this, my brother decided to have a family reunion. I said yes, and my son were confused. And they said, and I speak for my son, dad. And my son was um, an adult at the time. I believe he was like 22. And he and I have a, a really healthy relationship. He was that I'm totally confused, he said. I just don't get it. Why are you happy and excited? What I've known so far, and over, you know, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing it because he didn't say these exact words. But what I know so far is it hasn't been good for you to be in these relationships. And you have been avoiding them. But of course, he didn't get it completely right, but right enough. And I said to him, I said, son, I never wanted to not have a family. I never rejoiced at my decision to postpone, stop, or potentially end relationships with my family. What I did was I set a clear boundary 
to them and for me, that I could only be in relationships where people don't want to hurt me, but actually respect me, love for me, and care for me. But I've grieved the loss of my family. So I am not excited to see all them because I miss them. I'm excited to be around my family. And then I said to him, I said something like this, but not all of it. I said, I'm excited because I miss them. I have memories with them. I have so many good times. Despite how they've hurt me, I am ready. And I said, I am so prepared for this. There is no way any of them will surprise me. I know exactly how my, my, my siblings will be. I know exactly how they're going to be. And they will not upset me because my expectations were shifted. They were changed. I had no expectation that they were going to love, respect, and care for me in the way that I wanted. I also knew that by this time, three years, they wanted to have a relationship with me. And, and because of their own background, mental health, they didn't ever get what I did and, and had to blame me. So I am ready for them. And they can't disappoint me. They can't hurt me. And it's going to be a great time. And he shrugged his shoulders. Okay, whatever. And so I went there. It was an absolutely wonderful time. Everyone acted and treated me exactly as I expected. No surprises. And when one sibling asked me a question, like, hey, Rossi, how are you doing? What's going on? And then after the second or third sentence, they shifted their interest and started talking to someone else. I didn't get wounded. I didn't get hurt. I had what I call my of course moment. They confirmed everything that I knew about them. And it was never about me. They could not hurt me. So when they can't hurt you and they do what you already know, I just walked away and they didn't get upset like the old Ross would get angry, hurt, upset, hold them accountable, raise his voice. And they actually, each one of them in their own way, found a way to call me back and restart the conversation. Now, it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, but it was enjoyable because I expected nothing more than who they were. So when I drove home that evening, I was over the moon. I was really happy because none of my expectations were disappointed. I had this wonderful experience with very flawed, very limited siblings, and I experienced a connection with my family. And so the point of my story is that once you get to the point in my program where you understand who you are, the SLD. You understand about self-love deficit disorder. You understand about what caused it, the trauma, the broken thinking, the emotions, the gaslighting, and you finally prepare for setting boundaries with people that are incapable of accepting them. You have mastered my observe, don't absorb technique. And that in itself is a full explanation. And I have training seminar videos available at selfloverecovery.com. By the time a family reunion 
happens and you're invited. So let's be very clear. You have to be invited. And in the case, I was. Remember, they didn't know what happened because they couldn't figure out why I was so upset at them. They didn't, they didn't agree with it. So they, they wanted to see me. Plus, I quit, I quit being my SLDD codependent antagonizer by trying to hold them responsible. So they were happy to see me. They were delighted that I didn't get mad at them because they have a life history of me getting annoyed and hurt by them. I was what I call an active SLD. And so I was able to disconnect from my hurt, my anger, my resentment, see them who they are, not interpret them in any other way than as limited folks with regard to a relationship with me. And I had a wonderful time. And afterwards, I didn't really talk to many of them for a very long time, but it opened the doors a little bit. So the message I have is that if you are moving forward in a similar treatment program, a similar growth trajectory, a similar healing path, you might very well put that boundary out. I can't be in a relationship with you if you don't love, respect, and care for me. Now, that statement means so much more than you believe. And because these folks are unable to do that, you make this decision to end a relationship and in a way that hurts, but that is self-respectful and self-loving. It doesn't mean you have to not see your family. It just means you cannot be around people who have no intention of not hurting you. So in conclusion, if you are one of what I call a emotional or psychological orphan, you can do something that's really good for you and feel good about it and at times happy, but you could also be sad about it and they are congruent. So if you are an SLD and you are in a position where you want to move forward in this process to neutralize or overcome your self-love deficit disorder, to give yourself your birthright of self-love abundance, which is the codependency cure, and it necessitates these boundaries, you might one day be in a position where you will be invited to or be a part of a family reunion. And it doesn't mean you don't have to go. It doesn't mean you should be scared because now you can do both, but you have to protect yourself with everything that you've learned and acquired through the program. So I hope this helped. I really hope this helped. Uh, my goal is to not malign any of my siblings. I tried my best to give it a somewhat neutral presentation, although not completely, but was to give you guys hope that if you should have to end a relationship with a friend, with a child, with a parent, it doesn't have to mean that it is the end forever. It is the beginning, if not the continuance of self-love abundance. Once you taste, you'll never let that go. If you're interested in more of this material, I have this wealth, like I said, 130 hours, maybe more, of educational seminars um, in audio or video form that can be obtained at selfloverecovery.com. And I, of course, have my book, The Human Magnet Center. Take care and don't forget, self-love is the antidote to codependency or self-love deficit disorder. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Building a self-love recovery community means the world to me. 
spread the word. Let people know what we're talking about. And until we meet next, I'd like to leave you my favorite of all sayings by George Eliot. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Don't forget that. Our future is in our hands, despite what anyone has told you before. You can be the self-love abundant person you've always dreamt of. It's your birthright.